Good morning, Jim. Good morning, Jay. All right, so Gopher men's basketball wins at home against Ohio State last night. They led by eight at halftime by as many as 17 in the second half. They win the game 88-79. Uh, your thoughts on that latest Gopher basketball win? Well, battle came out and just lit them up from three point. Uh, and and Thornton's a really good player. And really, the Gophers just dominated the game from start to finish. Uh, Ohio State made some runs. Ohio State coming off a victory against number two, Purdue. So they have talent. Uh, I just thought the Gophers played great. I thought Elijah uh, Garcia was really good. Farrell Payne was really good. I really thought Elijah Hawkins was the key to the victory. Uh, breaking the press when Ohio State did want to press, almost a one-man press break, handling the ball, distributing, hitting big three-pointers, uh, playing, you know, pesky defense. I just thought Hawkins is excellent. Um, of course, they had a lot of guys contribute, but uh, I thought Hawkins led the way. Elijah Hawkins, certainly a small guy, 5'8", quick, um, seems to have a great knack for passing the ball. And he's got NCAA tournament experience when he played at Howard how much does his experience as being a guy who's run the show and played in big games help this team? I don't know that it's experience as much as ability. Uh, there are a lot of experienced players who aren't any good. Um, he's an experienced player. who He's he's a good player. Um, if he hadn't made the NCAA tournament last year, he'd still be a good player. He's just a good player. Um, and it leads the, the nation in assists per game right now, too. Uh, on a team that really doesn't necessarily run all that much. That's impressive. Um, he can operate, he can find openings in the half court. He's very creative. Um, you know, he, every, every once in a while I have a bad turnover because he's trying to do something very creative, but it's worth the trade-off. Uh, but the ability, the ability last night to, to hit the open three when defenses were collapsing on, you know, either Christie or Garcia or somebody else, that really that really punished Ohio State. Uh, that you just can't you can't guard everybody on a good offensive team, and they were decided to leave Hawkins open open at certain times, and he just drained threes when they did. So, combination of outside shooting and and running the offense, he he was excellent. How about the play off the bench of Parker Fox uh, when Farrell Payne has had foul trouble or they needed to uh, spell Dawson Garcia? He seems like he's continuing to give him solid minutes from a defensive standpoint. He'll get some slam dunks, he'll block some shots. What do you think about what he's done? He adds a lot. And, you know, I wrote about this the other day. I think that's a good, really good sign for Ben Johnson's tenure. He's had players who have been injured or have somewhat failed in their roles, and he's found roles for them, and they've been contributors. Braden Carrington is not the shooter they hoped he would be. Now he's a good defensive player. Um, Parker Fox, you know, we weren't ever sure exactly what he's going to be. Just that, you, you know, he's a great athlete. And we we're, you always wondered how will that translate into basketball? Well, it doesn't really translate to him being a starter or a reliable scorer. But, man, he's an ideal guy off the bench for energy, offensive, defensive rebounding, uh, excitement plays like dunks, blocks. Uh, you know, he hustles all over the floor. I mean, the way he's being used right now, he really adds a lot. They played just seven guys last night. Seems like uh, Ben tends to kind of shorten the bench as the season goes on. Yeah, and, uh, you know, Ola Joseph was a starter early in the season, and then he lost that job and then started playing, uh, you know, kind of energy minutes off the bench. He's not just not a very efficient offensive player, 
And I think Parker Fox has kind of passed him in the providing energy category. So he's probably going to, you know, I don't think Ben has written him off, but he's probably going to have to do something in practice to, to earn those minutes back. So they go to eight and seven. Um, this is one of the games I think you talked about that they needed to have. So they've held serve in regards to that. And now they get back-to-back road games at Nebraska Sunday at Illinois next Wednesday. Your thoughts on those two road challenges? If they can split one way or the other, they're in great shape. If they lose both, then they have a lot of work to do uh, down the stretch. Uh, might have to win, you know, might have to win out. Uh, so important games. And uh, Nebraska is not an easy team to play against, but if you want to be in the NCAA tournament, you should have to beat some good teams. Good thing is that, um, you know, they both, they both would help their resume as well as their record if they win either of these games. Um, and listen, you know, winning at Illinois would be very tough, but, but Nebraska, I think you got a fighting chance. So, Jim, as far as a number, you know, when you look at like the, the net ratings or the Ken Palm or any of those kind of things, did those are those things that you look at to to help determine whether or not this team has a chance? How much does the committee look at that? Do we know? Yeah, no, they they look hard at all that stuff. Um, you know, it's it's such a gargantuan feat. You're they're basically going to be judging about eighty or ninety teams, trying to figure out which the top sixty eight are, then trying to figure out how to seed them all. You know, you can't just do that by watching TV. You have to have all those numbers. You have to have people. And, and the people who break those things down are excellent at it. Uh, so, yeah, they use all of that stuff. Uh, but, you know, there are also going to be some human tiebreakers. They're going to be, okay, this team has this, this, and this on its resume. And this team has this, this, and this on its resume. Which one do we choose? And, you know, how you play down the stretch? How healthy are you? Uh, how would you play in big games down the stretch? Uh, how would you play in your, your conference tournament? They're just... A lot of variables. So, I mean, it's, it's not a, it, it's nothing close. They use science. That doesn't mean there's anything close to an exact science. Jim, I was looking up. Uh, so, the Minnesota's hosting the men's and women's uh, Big Ten basketball tournaments. And it looks like the women's tournament is sold out. Is that right? I, I have not seen that. I can check on that. Yeah, I, I was just looking at that. I'm, I'm looking and it said no tickets available. And when I looked at uh, the men's tickets, if you wanted, for instance, like the Gophers are likely to get a first round buy and play the second round, tickets range from like 350 to $480. Uh, but that, I think, is for four games. Yeah, I think that's right. And, and I also think it's a really cool thing that this town has has. You know, listen, we know we're the state of hockey because we're reminded of that every five minutes. This is a really good basketball state, really good high school basketball, uh, good AAU basketball uh, in men, men and women. Uh, the Gophers are, are, you know, improving. I think the Gopher women are still improving despite Braun's injury. I think they'll be better next year. Uh, but when they hope, you know, the Timberwolves are fantastic. And they you know, last year they had the Big Ten Women's Tournament here, and it went. I thought it was, went really well. The Women's Final Four uh, went really well here. They've had Men's Finals four, Fours and Regional Finals that have gone really well here. I think the Men's Tournament will be a big hit here. I think, uh, and I think also as someone who lives in downtown Minneapolis, you know, these events are good because people come to downtown Minneapolis and realize that you can walk around and eat at restaurants and go to bars and go to events and everything's fine. I do it every day. Jim, what do you think about uh, the uh, Olympic trials being hosted by Minnesota as well? I think coming up in June. Uh, gymnastics. Gymnastics, uh, yes. Yep. Uh, I think it'll be great. I mean, you know, I, 
in my role, I haven't spent a lot of time around gymnasts except when I've covered the Olympics. And when I've covered the Olympics, I've just been stunned at the level of athletic ability and, and bravery uh, of gymnasts. Uh, they do things that no other humans do, and they risk landing on their head and really hurting themselves. But it, it's a, and it's a brutal sport on a daily basis. Uh, they really beat up their bodies. They are just tremendous athletes. They're also tremendous uh, entertainers. So I'm really looking forward to that. Jim, the uh, Twins are going to play against the Gophers in an exhibition game. Sounds like they, they play this game, what, every other year? I think that's right, yeah. And uh, I don't know why they just don't do it every year. Maybe it has something to do with Gophers scheduling. Maybe Gophers go to Arizona every other year or something like that. But it's it's always, it's always a fun way to kick off the season. And uh, and uh, right now, I think I saw this morning that Brooks Lee is going to be batting leadoff. So that'll be interesting. Also, some interesting developments out of camp. Sounds like uh, Kyle Farmer might face some lefties as a second baseman and, and Giuliano. So I really think Baldelli liked the way things worked out when he really went hard into platooning last year. So I really think you can see, you can see Farmer playing, I don't know, maybe a third of the time at second base. And uh, and it sounds like Kirilov's really going to have to earn his at-bats because they really like what they see out of Santana. Um, and, you know, I really do think Austin Martin is going to be a, a key utility player on this team, uh, being able to play different infield positions, but also be able to back up center field. How about Royce Lewis? I mean, how good can Royce Lewis be? I mean, we certainly saw him look really good at the end of last year and in the postseason. Well, he has talent. He has work ethic. He want, He has. Uh, he's a really nice guy, but he also has that athletic arrogance where he wants to be up in the biggest spots. He wants to be in the playoffs. He wants to be a superstar. He has so much going for him. Um, you know, if you talk to baseball insiders, they say there are a couple things mechanically that he might have to iron out a little bit. But, hey, I, I watched Dave Winfield with a big hitch in the swing get 3,000 hits and go to the Hall of Fame. So I don't worry myself too much about the mechanics of it. But listen, I'll have to go through the same things all other good young hitters go, go through, which is people are going to experiment with different ways to get him out, and he's eventually going to have to adapt to all that. But the talent, the attitude... Uh, I just think this guy's going to be great. And I think is, if he's healthy, he's going to find a way. All right, Jim, what do you got in your podcast? A lot of stuff up today. Jeff Diamond's Vikings NFL Insider talking about Drake May and the Vikings quarterback and other free agent decisions. Dawn of Sports, with Dr. Tiffany Richardson talking about a lot of women's sports, but also other men's sports around town. Preps today with John Millay is out. And everything's at TalkingNorth.com. We're on your favorite podcast app. All right, Jim, have a good weekend. We'll talk to you again on Monday. Thanks, Jim. It's Jim Suhan, Star Tribune Sports Columnist, joining us every weekday morning at this time. Follow him on Twitter at Suhan Strib. Check out his latest column in the Star Tribune or his podcast at talknorth.com. Jim, today brought to you by the Green Mill in downtown St. Cloud. News from ABC's next on WJON.